It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on this Friday. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, we talked about the Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley, Helena's finest, fighting for the UFC Bantamweight World Championship tomorrow night. We also talked some soccer. Talked about some Soccer Day Missoula, which is coming up next weekend. And, uh, we also highlighted some of the best football players from around Missoula, all the Missoula natives on both the Grizz and the Bobcat rosters, part of our Garden City Spotlight. All of it available on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see if you, your small business, uh, can get access to Blackfoot's high-tech, state-of-the-art fiber networking. Podcast also presented by the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, visit msubookstore.org. Caught up with uh, our good buddy, Brooks Duanas, all things NFL, earlier this week. Breaking down the NFL from a sports betting perspective and just an analysis perspective as well. Happy to have Brooks Duanas, our go-to guy for NFL commentary and analysis and uh, our go-to guy when it comes to talking about betting in the NFL as well. Uh, Brooks, you and I were talking. Brooks is my brother, by the way, and also co-founder of Skyline Sports. And uh, just an awesome NFL observer. We uh, we spend every weekend watching the NFL together. We were talking about it yesterday, man. I can't wait for the NFL to be back. I know that some people um, worry about the, the excessive violence that comes with the NFL, but in terms of just pure, heartfelt, passionate competition, I think the NFL is, is the, the most ferocious sport that exists right now in America today and I just I love watching these guys compete and I can't wait for it to return it's my favorite thing in the whole world don't tell anybody that Coulter especially our listeners because I do like a lot of other stuff but man do I love the NFL and I'm so excited it's back seems like uh, you know every year in the NFL there's a ton of turnover and and that's what makes it great is there's so many teams that have a chance and it's totally different than other levels of football because uh, truly, like pretty much any team in the league, I think that, I mean, coming into this year, I think most teams in the league, besides probably like the Cardinals and the Texans and maybe the Colts, have a chance to, to be at least okay and, and maybe be in the mix for the playoffs. But that said, I do think that this year in the NFL, uh, there's there's several pretty pretty stalwart returning teams that I think it would be pretty surprising if they weren't among the best teams in the league and in their conferences. I think the Chiefs are going to be really good again. I think the Eagles are going to be really good again. Uh, I think the Bengals, uh, barring you know Joe Burrow's uh, potential injury, are going to be really good again as well. The 49ers are, are, have been right there the last several years. So uh, what do you think of that dynamic, the fact that we actually have teams that are pretty uh, inside track at, at being uh, among the NFL's elite again? 
Colbert, I agree with you, but I also will push back a little saying that I think it's the top two teams. And then everything else, I think that there, there could be a little parity. So I, I, I do think that, that the Chiefs and the Eagles will return to the top of the AFC and NFC, respectively. Um, but I do think when you're talking about the Bills, Bengals, Chargers, um, and then maybe the NFC, you're talking about uh, the Niners, as you mentioned, and a little bit more open in the NFC. But I do think that th- those teams have a little bit more variability than, than those top two. So I'll leave it at that because I know the NFL is is a, is endlessly full of parity. I mean, we'll, that won't change, but I do think those two top teams will return to such. Well, we're going to do uh, a couple weeks' worth of, of over-under win totals here, but let's start out with some of the teams that are most uh, most commonly followed here uh, in the state of Montana. Uh, we'll start with the San Francisco 49ers. I think there's a lot of Niners fans around here, and they're certainly a team that uh, is on TV in our neck of the woods on network TV quite a bit. Uh, they, the betting over-under for the San Francisco 49ers is 10.5. I'm actually kind of stuck on this one. I love the Niners. I think they're... Uh, team that has uh, is built for the playoffs, so I, I would always favor them. Uh, you know, leading up to the the championship round in the NFC. But the the, the ten and a half is, I think it's a perfect number for them, given the the question marks they have at quarterback. What do we think of the Niners and their over under win total? Well, we're starting off with the hot take, Colter, because some people, especially fans, won't love this one. But I'm going to take the under on that. Um, I think that the Forty ers do go ten and seven. Um, you know, I could easily see them winning 12, 13 games. But Kyle Shanahan, um, as an elite uh, play caller, and what he's proven to be a very, very, I mean, close to elite, if not elite head coach, um, at times he, he's had six win seasons. I mean, he's not scared. He needs a quarterback. He hasn't always had one. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's played really well at times, but, but you know, took him to a couple of NFC championships in the Super Bowl. But, if he doesn't have a good play caller and things are kind of looking at Sam Darnold in week one, I think that there could be a little slippage there. I mean, I think that defensively, obviously they're very strong. Um, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey on offense has been – it's really struggled to stay on the field the last three years. Uh, when, he, when he's in, best running back in football. When he's out, obviously doesn't help you very much. Um, so while it's a hot tick, I think the value for betting on it is – um, but I do like the, the Niners in that division to, to definitely hold it down. So I think the Seahawks could could you know definitely surprise some people and, and maybe go win that thing. We'll just go NFC, AFC for some of the teams that uh, people around here follow most frequently. How about the Denver Broncos? They're at eight and a half. They're getting a ton of offseason chatter and hype, partly because Sean Payton's back and partly because Sean Payton's been running his mouth all offseason. Uh, Russell Wilson was an unmitigated disaster a year ago. Uh, where are we at with Denver? I feel the same, man. I'm not. I, I hope I get a line here where I, where I like the over. But nine wins. I mean, believe it or not, Colton, these odds odds makers nail these lines, right? I mean, I, I think that is the line, and I would have to take the under, mostly because I think that if they lose four four divisional games, um, which I think is easily done, then you start to dig yourself out of a hole. So I'd have to look a little bit deeper at their schedule. But I think that Russell Wilson was an unmitigated disaster because of Russell Wilson. I thought the play calling from Nathaniel Hackett was uh, was abysmal. I thought it was as bad as I've seen. I also thought that Russ didn't help himself at all. So until Russ proves that he can actually be uh, a, a top half quarterback, maybe even a top ten quarterback, which is, isn't asking that much from you know an all time great. Um, until he proves that, I'm not a believer, and I'm probably out uh, on the Denver Broncos. By the way, I didn't even tell you my pick. I'm taking the Niners over, but barely. I agree with Brooks's analysis. I think that 11 wins is where they're going to get to. 
And uh, for the Broncos, I'm absolutely taking the uh, the under uh, as well. It's Brooks Nuanas here on Nuanas Now, all football all the time, talking all things uh, NFL. Uh, how about the Green Bay Packers? They're at seven and a half for their over-under win total. A donning of a new era. No Aaron Rodgers anymore. Where are we at with the Packers? You know, I've always kind of liked Jordan Love. Um, you know, I haven't seen him a ton, obviously, in NFL action, but I think there's some comps out there that would, that would put him in a successful position. Um, you know, I think that they have a, a, a good offense. I, I think, um, you know, I, I love Aaron Jones in the backfield, and I think that they have some dynamic receivers. Um, we'll see what Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs do as they kind of continue to grow through their NFL careers going into year two. Um, you, know, you add some pieces in, in with, with several. They drafted tight ends in back-to-back um, rounds, including Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. Um, and the Oregon State kid, whose his name is slipping my mind, by all accounts, he's been one of the flashes throughout the NFL in camp. Uh, big 6'6", 260-pound kid, ran like a 4'5 at the, at the combine, flew up draft boards, got drafted in the third round. Um, so I like some of the pieces that they have on offense. And defensively, you know, it's a, always going to be a tough place to play. Um, the division is wide open, even though the Lions seem to want to sit on top. I think that the Bears um, could take a step. I still think the Packers are right there. And the Vikings, I think, will take a step back. We'll see how that plays out. But I think that the, the Packers are kind of in that mix. So for uh, levity's sake, especially if the number's right, betting-wise, I like the over there. I like the Packers right at eight wins. And, and they could even squeak out nine uh, with a good coaching job by Matt LaFleur. I totally agree. Luke Musgrave, the tight end you're talking about from Oregon State. Thank um, you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I got the Packers hitting the over uh, as well. Uh, Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Brooks Nuanas joining us here, talking all things uh, NFL. All right, uh, who else? Who else is a, a big-time uh, team in Montana? Let's go with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are right at 8.5 as well. Uh, completely aside from the over-under, I, I think one of the best bets on the board is the Seahawks to make the playoffs. Why? Because Pete Carroll's made the playoffs 11 times in the last 13 years at, in Seattle. And uh, I think they just, they just play the style where I have no idea if they're actually going to be truly good and a Super Bowl contender good, but I also think that they're going to play a style where they're going to win more than they're going to lose. And I think that this year in the NFC, 9 to 10 wins is going to get you on that playoff bubble. So I like the Seahawks uh, into the playoffs. What do we think of the 8.5 win over and under win total? I'm hammering over on that, man. I love it. I, I think that division, Cardinals and Rams are both going to struggle, Cardinals especially. Um, you know, the Seahawks and the Niners have had some battles. I mean, like I said when we were talking about the Niners, I could see the Seahawks winning this division. Um, you talk about Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, and then they draft Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, you're looking at one of the best trios, one of the top five trios of receivers in the league. We saw what Geno Smith did last year at the quarterback position. If Kenneth Walker comes back healthy on, on uh, at running back, I mean, I love what everything's lining up for the Seahawks. And when we talk about culture, culture, we talk about a physical culture and a culture of going out and, and playing as a team and, and going and, and winning games, which is what the, what the uh, Seahawks have been able to do. Go to teams that have talent mixed with knowing how to win. It's a huge part of the NFL. It's a huge part of pro sports. But knowing how to win is a unique skill that the Seahawks, I believe, have. And I think that Geno Smith has also developed into learning. Um, I thought that he played so well last year that if he's anything close to that or even better, I can see this above a 500 team. So I love Seahawks over eight and a half. I agree. Brooks Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio, our all football, all the time doing some NFL over under win totals. Uh, gravitating towards a lot of the teams that I know are 
the most highly consumed, most well-watched here uh, in the state of Montana. How about the Minnesota Vikings? They won 12 games a year ago. Their over-under win total is 8.5. Last year, the Vikings had, uh, at the same time, an impressive season that was also filled with all sorts of uh, crazy wins. They had the the wild win against the Bills that came all the way down the wire and then went to overtime. They also had the greatest comeback in NFL history in terms of point deficit when they were down 33 nothing to the Colts and then came back and beat them in overtime as well. Uh, yet still, this team had not a lot of respect last year, and uh, and I think then that was that was emphasized when they lost to the New York Giants in the playoffs. I, I have given my thoughts on Kirk Cousins and the state of affairs with Minnesota with him at quarterback plenty, but what do you think of eight and a half over under for the Vikings? Well, like I mentioned, man, these odds makers, they, they nail the lines. I think it's a great line, but I'm going to take the under on the Vikings for a variety of reasons. But I heard one of the craziest things I've heard in the NFL offseason was that the Vikings do not have a corner a defensive back playing corner on the roster that played a snap last season. thought that was wild. Not a That's single wild. corner return. Um, Kirk Cousins, as you mentioned, Coulter, I think is underwhelming. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, one of the top five players in the NFL, the kind of unquestioned best receiver in the NFL at this exact moment. Um, but then Dalvin Cook's departure in the, in the offseason. There's just not a lot, a lot that I love about the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see if they can maybe, you know, sure up on defense and, and get a little bit stronger there. They got a chance to really chase that line down, but I think the Bears will be better. I think the Lions are obviously going to be better. We talked about the Packers being pretty strong, at least having a good chance to go 500. That puts the Vikings on the outside looking in, in my opinion. I'll take the under. Although I uh, am as pessimistic about Minnesota as anybody. I'm still taking the over. I don't think the division is very good. I'm not buying the Lions hype. I think the Packers are actually going to be better than people think, but that still doesn't mean they're going to be anything but just about right 500. I think the Bears still suck, even if they have improved. And while I don't think Kirk Cousins can get you over the top in terms of actually contending for the NFC Conference title or the Super Bowl title, I do think that Minnesota will win this division and uh, I think Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. I think they have one of the best players in the NFL in Justin Jefferson. I think their offensive line's good. Their defense is, is pretty good. Okay, I guess. And, uh, I, again, I think that Kirk Cousins is hes not going to get you over the top in the playoffs, but I do think he can get you to a division title in this division. So I'm taking the over uh, for Minnesota. Uh, we'll do a couple more here on Nuanas now. All football all the time. Talking NFL over-under win totals. How about the hottest team of the offseason? The New York Jets are on hard knocks. They also just have so much scuttle around them because of a variety of different things, whether it's Sauce Gardner being on the cover of Sports Illustrated or Garrett Wilson as the reigning rookie of the year offensively in the NFL or signing Dalvin Cook. And then, of course, they signed one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers, and it's the New York media market. So, uh, But... Despite all that hype, the odds makers actually are, are sort of tepid about the Jets. They got them at nine and a half as their over/under win total. Where are you at with New York? I'm not. I mean, I think they're going to be so darn good on defense. Um, I love Quinn Williams and, and Sauce Gardner, and I mean they got some dudes. Um, they got depth pieces on the defensive line. I love everything about that. Um, you know, they add Dalvin Cook on offense this week. We'll see if Brees Hall comes back at running back position. Garrett Wilson is a top 10 receiver, uh, reigning uh, rookie of the uh, AFC Rookie of the Year. 
All that being said, Colter, there's something about the Jets. It's kind of like the Browns to me. A lot of talent. I just don't know if they're going to be able to put it all together. I think the media market is challenging. I think Robert Sala is yet to prove himself as a head coach, especially because I think they'll be right on, on, on defense, as I mentioned, but we'll see what he can produce on offense as, as a defensive-minded head coach. Um, so you said it's nine and a half. That puts them at 10 and seven um, in a tough division. I think the Bills will be good. I think the Dolphins will be good, and the Patriots are no slouch. So I think it's right there. I'll probably take slightly just take the over just due to the talent, uh, but I would fault nobody, especially if the number's right for betting the under. I'm fully drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been watching Hard Knocks. I uh, can't believe how sweet I think the Jets are. I'm taking the over all day. I'm not only taking the over, I'm going to pick the Jets to win the the AFC East. I know that I'm completely drunk on my own self from watching Hard Knocks and the way that they're trying to spin this. This Hard Knocks is definitively different than almost every other Hard Knocks I've ever watched. Usually they follow the the underdog, undrafted free agent guys that are trying to make roster spots. This Hard Knocks, it's all about Aaron Rodgers and Quinn Williams and Garrett Wilson and and, uh, Sass Gardner and all the stars, all the studs. That's what it's about. And uh, I think Robert Saleh, uh, I think he's a very inspirational coach. I don't know, still TBD if he's going to be an actually great in-game coach, but I do think that he's a great leader of men. And uh, I might regret it later, but uh, if you want to make any coin, sometimes you got to get bold. And uh, I think one of my, I think my bold bet in the AFC is the, is the Jets to win the AFC East. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, man. I mean, I think it's... Uh... I guess an open division, especially because the Bills have yet to really take hold of it. I mean, they they're a dominant team, but uh, you know, one injury away, as most teams are, from from being middle of the pack. Time for just a couple more here uh, on Nuanas now. All football all the time, just over under win totals with uh, Brooks Nuanas. Uh, the other, the division I think is uh, I'm having a hard time picking a winner for is the AFC South because I just think that. The Titans had a, a tough year last year. The Colts aren't good, and the Texans are the worst team in the NFL, or I guess the worst team in the AFC. I think the Cardinals are the other worst team in the NFL. And the Jags are the favorites to win the division. The Jags have were okay, solid last year, and they have a, a great, promising quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Nine and a half for Jacksonville. Uh, where yet are the Jags ready? Are they ready to take the next step? Be division champs? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think the Jags are definitely one of the teams that, uh, if you talked about having a, a coming out season, I think it's. I think the Jags are in the top two or three options there for actually becoming a reality of that. Um, I think the Jags are really good, man. I think Trevor Lawrence. You, you you don't become one of the most heralded quarterback prospects of all time unless you got something, unless you got some juice. You know, we're talking about like recently, Andrew Luck was kind of that last um, that last category of kind of child prodigy and and Trevor Lawrence has been one for his generation. And after year one disaster with urban Meyer year two under offensive genius, Doug Peterson, you saw Trevor Lawrence really come, you know, come to fruition. And I think that's going to continue. You add Calvin Ridley at receiver, which I really like that addition. One of the better receivers in the NFL when he was playing uh, before a year long suspension, you pay Christian Kirk a lot of money. You have other pieces there on the offensive side of the football that I think are really strong. So I like the Jags there. That's a high win total, but I think that they could go undefeated in that division. How about uh, in the NFC East? The Eagles are certainly the favorites there, but there's uh, three other teams that I think hope that they can contend. Uh, All three, the Cowboys, uh, the Washington Commanders, and the New York Giants uh, have, I think, legitimate hopes to be in the playoffs 
Well, let's just go with the Giants. They're seven. They're seven and a half is the over under. They were a team that was in the playoffs and won a playoff game against Minnesota last year. Where are you at with Big Blue? Oh man, I think I think that they're probably. I'd probably take the over there, Coulter, um, for several reasons. But I, I think that Daniel Jones is serviceable. They add Darren Waller, uh, you know, big tight end uh, from from uh, the Raiders, who has been you know one of the better pass catching tight ends in the NFL. Win healthy the last five years. Um, they're going to be able to run the football. They're pretty good on both lines. I think that's obviously where it starts. Um, so low win total. I think it'll be a tough division. I could see any of those teams winning that division, to be honest. Literally, I mean, the Eagles are in the driver's seat, but everyone's one injury away. The Cowboys, tons of talent. The Washington Commanders, I mean, gosh. If you if you folks aren't watching Jonathan Allen, every chance you get playing defensive line for the, for the Washington Commanders, you're missing out, man. Maybe one of the best players in the NFL. Um, some serious talent on that defensive line. So Commanders right there. Giants, so it's a low number, you know, seven wins, seven and ten, six and six and eleven. That's, that's a low number, um, like you said, Coulter. I like them better than the Commanders. I, I, I think they could probably overtake the Cowboys uh, or be right there. So eight wins. That sounds right about right. I'll, I'll take uh, the Brian Dable over. Teams are also going to adjust to Dable. Uh, he, he had some elements of surprise last year. And I think that they'll, that'll be uh, mitigated a little bit this year as well. Fun conversation, and we'll do more of it next week. It's all football all the time. Brooks Nuanas joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. And uh, love talking to NFL, man. Can't wait for the season. Uh, good luck with your day. Thanks so much for spending so much time with us today, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Appreciate Brooks for chiming in a couple times this week. Always fun talking uh, college football and NFL with our guy. Uh, Andrew, so here's here's how I got it pinned, and I actually I want to waffle on some of these because I, I this is what I've been spitballing when I'm talking to myself about uh, division winners, but I've been thinking about it more and more and more, and uh, I, I want to hash some of these out before I actually make the futures bets. Here's the division champion picks that I've made over the last week or so that I'm very confident in. The AFC West, the Chiefs, I think everybody in America that's going to bet on that division is probably going to bet Kansas City to win it, even though the odds aren't very good. Um, But I am confident in that one. Uh, After being a little tepid early about it, I'm very confident actually now in the Jags to win the AFC South. I really like Philadelphia in the NFC East, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strong on that one as well. I know it's it's not the pick of the favorite, and a lot of people would push back and say the Bengals are, are the team to beat in the AFC North, and I believe the Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC North. I'm just picking the Ravens to win the division because I think that there was so much drama around the Lamar Jackson situation last year, and I just think him being settled in this year is going to be huge for him and for them just in general. So I'm pretty good on those ones. I'm also very confident in my 49ers to win the NFC West pick. And I'm pretty darn confident in the Vikings to win the NFC North pick, even though I don't think the Vikings are very good. I think the Vikings are fine. I, I think that I actually think that betting the over for their win totals a, a good bet. Their win total is seven and a half, even though they won 13 games last year. I'm taking the over on that all day. I, I don't think the Vikings are any sort of contender to win the NFC, but I do think that they are the front runner to win the NFC North, mostly because even though I'm very you know. 
I'm out on Kirk Cousins. I do think Kevin O'Connell's a great coach. Justin Jefferson's one of the best players in the league. Vikings have good offensive line. They have other good skill players. I mean, TJ Hawkinson at tight ends a, a beast too. So pretty confident in that one as well. The the, the, the three that I'm uh, more uncertain about are uh, in order from the most uncertain to the least uncertain. Certainly the Falcons to win the NFC South. I actually regret even saying that on the radio. They're not going to win the NFC South. I think that the Saints or the Panthers, I think the Falcons are the third team in the NFC South. So that was just me rolling and trying to, you know, stir the pot a little bit. Um, I guess there's only two that I'm a little bit uncertain about. The other one is is the AFC East. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid hard on the Jets, watching uh, Hard Knocks. But sometimes drinking the Kool-Aid doesn't get you very far. Also, though, the AFC East is stacked. The Bills are really good. The Dolphins are on the rise. And are the Patriots going to always be bad? I mean, even if the Patriots are the fourth team in that division, could they be a 500 squad and, and win some games? So I'm a little bit uh, up in the air on those as well. I know I called Andrew in, but we're up against it. So on the other side, Andrew will help me hash out the NFC South, the AFC East, and also maybe push back on some of my other division picks as well. More NFL talk coming at you right here on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we can facilitate that. Right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's the one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. They actually aren't, the the thing doesn't even start till 8 p.m., so... The Tanner Whitley for the Night Sweats might not even be on until after the sun goes down. So we might be out pretty late tonight there at the Kennel House Amphitheater. But, man, super excited for it. Night Sweats in town, their annual appearance. They've gotten so big now, and they're so popular in Missoula. They're doing it times two, Friday and Saturday night out there at the Kettle House. So uh, incredibly, extremely looking forward to it. Uh, it's got a couple weekends left of the summer here before we are consumed by college football, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Hopefully, uh, you had a great week. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here uh, on this Friday. You are listening to Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Uh, we're talking all things NFL here at hour number two. Uh, here's what I got in terms of my strong division winners, the, the, my division winner picks in the NFL that I'm very confident about. The Chiefs in the AFC West. The Ravens in the AFC North, I know they're not the favorites, but I, I do like that, especially from a betting perspective. You can get plus odds on uh, Lamar Jackson with some new weapons there. Uh, I do think that bodes well for the Ravens. Uh, the 49ers in the NFC West, I'm, I'm confident about. The Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South, I'm confident about. The Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East, I'm confident about. And I'm, I'm decently confident about the Vikings in the NFC North, only because I just don't think the rest of the division is that good. And uh, But the Vikings do have a bear of a schedule to open up. We'll get to that here in just a minute as well. I am a little bit less confident, in fact, not really that confident about my pick of the Jets to win the AFC East 
And I want to redo. I need a mulligan on the uh, the Falcons to win the NFC South. I'm scratching that. That's not happening. If I was a betting person, I'd bet on the Saints to win the NFC South. But if I was giving you real betting advice, I would say don't bet on anybody to win the NFC South because I just I think it's a mediocre division with a bunch of mediocre teams, and I think you have a lot. Uh, you have a big chance of of missing uh, if you're trying to pick a winner there. Uh, so, but if I had to pick, though, I think I'm going to redo and say the the Saints. But I'm not that confident in those two. Uh, Andrew, any uh, pushback on any of these? Anywhere where I'm massively wrong? First of all, just tell me about the two I'm not that confident about. Who are you got in the in the uh, in the uh, the South? I think the Saints. Yeah, I just the Falcons feel like they are they're a year away to me. And I, you know, I I like the way you're thinking with the Falcons because there's a lot of talent on that team. They feel a little bit like the Jacksonville Jaguars did last year, except the big difference is you're not as confident in, in Desmond Ritter as you were in Trevor Lawrence last year, or, or at least I'm not. And I know they're, uh, they think he's got a lot of potential. I, I think they're probably not going to ask him to do a ton this year. I know they want Bijan Robinson to sort of be the star of that offense. I know they've got a great offensive line. They want to run it. Yep. I still think your quarterback's going to have to win you some games if you're going to win the division. Because I, I, I think the Saints are going to be okay. I think the Saints are probably going to put up. Is Derek Carr the best quarterback in that division? Or, yeah. is, or is Bryce Young the best quarterback in that division? It would be too. It would be a real spicy hot take to say Bryce Young as of right now. He could be uh, even midway through the year. I'd have to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Derek Carr is by no means like some crazy, you know, not a high bar. No, I mean Derek Carr's fine though. I mean Derek Carr's pretty good. I mean, I don't know who's better, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins. Like for sure, it's pretty even to me. I mean, Daniel Jones or or Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr's. He's okay. He's in that no man's land where he's better than most guys, and he's not good enough to lead you over the top. Anyways. the Saints could be pretty good, though. You're right. I mean, I just think the Saints are going... They have enough veteran talent on that team, so yeah. Derek Carr aside, that I think they're probably going to put up 10 wins. The Saints are... There's only a couple teams in the league that are like this to me. I don't know why this is. But I I can't get over what the Saints used to be and what they are now. There's just this block in my brain. Since it wasn't the Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Saints anymore, then I just like never moved on to then analyzing what they are now. So I just inevitably think they suck. I'm like, oh, they don't have, you know, a top five offensive coach and a top five quarterback anymore. They must just stink. But they just don't play that style anymore. I, I just can't get my mind around it. It's so strange to me. But it's ironic because they're the team in the league that doesn't move on from their guys barely at all, right? I mean, they're the team who they'll, they'll have one of the oldest rosters in the league this year. Yep. They're, they're just like the Colts were in the in the mid-2000s. That's right. And it, But it's weird because they don't have the quarterback anymore. So they're, uh, they're, that, they're, That's right. They're kind of trying to string it along. So I think this is probably, you know, the last year for the Saints. We've said that for a couple years now. I'm probably taking them in the South. I like the Jets pick. I haven't been watching Hard Knocks. I think that... Here's the reason, if you're talking about betting, here's the reason the Jets is a great pick. The, they're the third betting favorite in that division. I like that. I mean, if you could get them at plus 175 or whatever, I mean, why not? It's just It'll just be fun to follow, you know? Just put 20 bucks on the Jets and then just you have yourself like five months worth of entertainment. No, they absolutely could win the division. The, the, the odds makers have them behind the, the Dolphins, too. Yes, they do. That seems the, a little bit off to me. I think they're it's behind. not even because of the odds makers, man. You want to know why the the Dolphins are one of the three most overrated teams on the betting lines right now? 
because they're getting bet so much. Right. There's so many people that are they're like, oh, I'm going to get the Dolphins. The Dolphins opened, actually, as the third pick, the third in that division, and so many people poured money into that. The odds flipped. Now they're they're shiny and flashy. They've exactly. got the, the new acquisitions and everything. And they're easy for the modern-day NFL fan to understand. They have, you know, a brash young coach who's an offensive mind. They got, you know... A guy at quarterback who everybody watched in college. They got one of the ten best players in the league in Tyree Kill. It's very, and, yeah. it's palatable for people, right? Yeah. So I, I like the Jets at plus one seventy five. I don't like them over the Bills if we're just talking straight up to win the division because I think Josh Allen is going to bounce back a little bit this year. Yeah. In terms of uh, sort of the turnovers, the wildness at the end of games. Yeah. He um, missed Brian Dable last year. I thought it was they didn't tell that story enough. I mean, Brian Dable's who made Josh Allen into what he was yep. an MVP type guy. And then Dayball left and, and, you know, took the Giants to a playoff win. And then Josh Allen was sort of back to being sporadic and spazzy, which has always been his biggest knock. But you think he's going to get back on track? I think he's going to clean it up. And I just think that, man, I'm taking Josh Allen in the prime of his career over 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers. I I I mean, you should take Josh Allen in the prime of his career over pretty much everybody besides Patrick Mahomes probably, right? Yeah, and and here's the thing. I know that there were a lot of mitigating circumstances around last year in Green Bay. I think that when a guy gets this old, like – what if he just falls off? What if what if Aaron Rodgers is done? What if Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron Rodgers anymore? I, you're saying he's looking good in training camp? He looks ridiculous. You, you're never going to be able to tell until you see it in games. Well, especially because they are, I mean, he is 41 years old. They are treating him with total kick. I mean, he, you know, of course he's dropping dimes in hard knocks. He hasn't worn pads one time yet. <laughs> you know, like he's he's in his sweats still while everybody else is in full pads. And, and this is the NFL. I mean, when, right. you, when you hit the wall, you hit the wall. So yeah. I think there's some real downside risk to the Jets bet, although I still do like them, like you said, at plus 175. Uh, I think you're too high on the Vikings. Yeah. I think there are probably going to be three decent teams in that division, and the Vikings are one of them, but yeah. they're not They're not a tier above the other two decent teams in that division. You're comparing Derek Carr to Kirk Cousins. I mean, is Kirk Cousins any better than Jared Goff man, see, in Detroit? Oh, my gosh. When I was think- making the show today, I was thinking about this. I was like, man... Here's why. Th- here's why my Kirk Cousins stance is so valid. The biggest affirmation to my stance that Kirk Cousins is the worst quarterback situation in the NFL is because it is a conversation who's better, Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff. That's not a good thing. Neither of those guys are going to win a Super Bowl. Well, Jared Goff came within what twenty points of winning the Sean Super Bowl. Sean McVay came within twenty points of winning the Super Bowl. Here's what I'm thinking. Goff was nice that year, though he was. Did the Sean Payton thing sort of hold back Jared Goff's career? Because he was just such on rails in that Rams offense that, you know, is his development stunted now? Is he going to... I'm saying it's possible that Jared Goff could have a breakout this year because he's gotten out of the Sean Payton system and he started learning how to read defenses actually by himself. And that being in Sean Payton's system, having Sean Payton in his ear... Yeah, right. Or, or not Sean, Sean Payton, McVay. Sean McVay, yeah, yeah, McVay. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. Just held him back, and now he's actually starting to learn what he should have been learning when he was 23 and first coming out. Well, and that's that's the craziest part about Jared Goff. In terms of, of true NFL starting quarterbacks, Jared Goff has played in a college-like system for more years in a row I shouldn't even say college-like because the Rams wasn't college-like. It's very pro-style in certain elements. But like you said, he's had like these rudders on it, right? 
when he's playing for Sonny Dykes at Cal, it's one, two, three. Here's where you're throwing it. It's the air raid. It's just you're you're making the reads lickety split. You're not even reading the defense. You're just check, check, check. And it was the same thing with McVay. I mean, McVay was just so good at, at scheming it up. So it's a great point. Maybe at now 28 years old, and you know, year eight in the league. Maybe Jared Goff, uh, you know, gets a chance to to actually prove that he can can use his mental acumen quickly. Nuanas now uh, on the Vikings. Here's the other thing that's going to hold the Vikings back and why my pick. The other reason I, I bet the Vikings is because they also have plus odds to win this division. But look, check out this schedule for Minnesota this year. Tampa Bay. Okay, Tampa Bay's not very good. That's in Minnesota, so you probably get a win there. But then you're at Philly on Thursday night football. Then you got the Chargers coming to town. Then you got, you're got at Carolina. You got Kansas City coming to town. You're at Chicago. Versus Green Bay or versus San Francisco at Green Bay, I mean, go down the schedule. I mean, pretty intimidating schedule. They're at Mile High this year as well. So uh, I don't know. Uh, that could also, you know, your division games are so important now because each division winner gets a chance to go to the playoffs, even if you have a sub five hundred record like a, a, a team or two has the last couple of years. But Sometimes those out-of-division games can just alter the narrative of your team, and then all of a sudden you're you know you're stuck in the mud. I mean, w- based on what I'm looking at right there, that's a at best probably three and three start for the Vikings. But if the, you know if they just kick the rocks around, they might it might be a one and five start for Minnesota, and then you know that's a big hole to dig out of. Big hole to dig out of, and and like I'm saying, I don't think they're multiple steps ahead of yeah the Packers and the Bear or, or the Packers and the Lions right. Are they going to sweep either of those teams in the division? Totally. And I don't other, think the, so. The other thing that Brooks Duana said earlier on this show, and he's, he keeps saying in our personal conversations too, is that this is a contract year for Justin Fields. The Bears are going to see exactly what he can do. They also just might run him crazy. And he, you know, this might be a thousand yard rushing type season where he has a couple Michael Vick games where he just freaks all the way out. He, he had a couple last year. And, you know, what sort of dynamic. Does that bring right? Like the Bears, I don't think are going to be very good, but they could win like five or six games, and there might be a couple division games where Fields just goes crazy when they're in Chicago, rushes for 175 yards, and they just steal a couple wins. So, I don't know. I actually think that the NFC North is is at the same time one of the uh, weaker divisions and one of the most even divisions. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think any of those four teams can beat any of those four teams uh, on any given day, like you said, and it, it's. It's enough to make me not confident in the Vikings at the top of that division. I think I would go with the, the Lions if I had to. Um, but but that's a tough one. Everything else, I love the Ravens over the Bengals. I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. And I, in talking in terms of betting, man, Lamar Jackson for MVP this year? I mean, right? I'm in on that. It, it's so crazy how people forget. Like, okay, I get it. Lamar Jackson has yet to have a playoff win. He, he's lost some games in the playoffs. Okay. He's also been to the playoffs four times. Is he even? He's 24 or 25 years old. He's still one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league. He uh, he was the MVP of the NFL a couple of years ago. I mean, Lamar Jackson, at his best, absolutely remains one of the best players in the NFL. And now he's got his big contract. He's got his security. They gave him some real weapons on offense. They're always going to be stacked on the offensive line. They're always going to be good on defense. I mean, the Ravens have never really been bad during the last twenty something years since they moved to Baltimore. So uh, I, I just think that they they have a real opportunity in that division. That's the other thing. I mean, the thing that hurts Lamar Jackson more than anything is that 
Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are on the TV every weekend doing crazy things. So when Lamar misses a year, you sort of forget that he's in that group too. And in fact, he is like the one guy who can match Patrick Mahomes on just as far as doing insane things on a football field. I think people are going to remember really quickly when he gets back on the field this year. The thing for the Ravens I'm watching, man, they need one of those young edge rushers to pop. They uh, signed Javion Clowney. He's not a young edge rusher. He's, he's an old edge rusher, but they signed him today. That's an interesting pickup. That's interesting. They need they need something across from the Odafe Owe uh, or the, the guy they got out of Michigan who was hurt all of last year. Uh, they need one of those guys to pop. But, uh, again, I'm betting on the Ravens having a pretty decent def- defense. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I I'm mean, betting- they'll have they'll have one of the best linebacker cores in the league. They traded for Rokon Smith last year. He's he's yep. unbelievably good. They also have Patrick Queen and Tyus Bowser are both lights out. I mean, they still have one of the best corners in the league and Marlon Humphrey. They got a guy who's a top 10 draft pick at safety and Kyle Hamilton. I mean, they got talent in spades defensively, too. So I love that pick, and I think everything else is is pretty straightforward. You're not going to get an argument from me on the Chiefs, the Niners, uh, Philly, or Jacksonville. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Lamar Jackson, by the way, he just just turned 26. So I was uh, overrating a little bit how uh, young he is. But certainly, I mean, the fact that the guy's going into year six in the NFL and he's only 26 years old, uh, pretty darn impressive. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. Maybe a couple more thoughts on the NFL and uh, some thoughts on the Sugar Show to take you home, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Betcha this one brings down the house tonight. What's up, everybody? We might not even play tonight because they're playing again tomorrow as well. Maybe they'll play it both nights. I can't wait to see how much Nathaniel Rateliff sweats tonight. He goes so hard when he plays live, but especially in Missoula, and that should be a great show. Hopefully, uh, we're all sweating the night away with the night sweats out there. Uh, if you see me, come say hi. Can't wait. Uh, coming up a little later on at the Kettle House Amphitheater. So, is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for kicking it with us here on this Friday. Hope you had a great week. If you missed anything in the show, uh, we went all over the place today talking Sean O'Malley fighting for the UFC bantamweight 
world title tomorrow uh, in Boston, main event of USC 292. So we broke that down a little bit. We also talked some soccer uh, on the local and professional levels, and we also highlighted some of the best Missoulians who are playing college football for the Cats and the Grizz right now. We also talked all things NFL with both Brooks Nuanas and Andrew Houghton uh, throughout hour number two. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. They had another uh, pre-fight press conference today, and Sean O'Malley comes in <laughs> from uh, r- right when they go to him, and he cracks the mic, and he, he does the da-na-na, sports center hook, and then he does sort of a de facto sports center saying, Sean O'Malley wins by knockout in the second round. <laughs> he's just so funny. He's got his multicolored hair, and he's just he's just talking smack right away. I mean, Sterling was all the way up in his face at the weigh-in, and Sterling is not scared of Sean O'Malley or anybody else. But Sean O'Malley's um, not only incessant, but also incredibly creative and diverse way of smack talking is is just so entertaining. I can't imagine it doesn't just get under the the skin of everybody that he fights. But this should be a great one tomorrow. By the way, if you're looking at the the uh, betting odds, plus two ten for Sean O'Malley, so he's a serious underdog in this fight. If you're from Montana, you should just bet on him. I mean, either way, you're going to have a great time. He, he might lose. If it goes to the card, he'll probably lose. But he can absolutely knock out Sterling. I mean, he can knock out anybody. That's what makes him such a phenomenal fighter. So, Andrew, what do you think of that, of, of uh, the Sugar Show being such a huge underdog? Well, I think what makes Alzheimer's Sterling really tough right now are, are two things. Number one, He's got the confidence of being a champion. He's defended the belt yep. three times. Yep. He's on a nine-fight winning streak, which in the UFC, if you win nine straight, that's that's really, really good. I mean, there's only, a couple, against, there's only a couple, probably George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva. There's very few guys that have ever won nine in a row. I, if, you're, if you're working on a winning streak like that, you're fighting somebody better every single time, and you're still coming out on top. So it's, it's a huge burst of confidence for a guy who, you know, Aljamain Sterling, he won the title when Piotr Jan hit him with an illegal knee in a fight that Piotr Jan was dominating. But then he defended the belt in the rematch against Piotr Jan. He's won two straight since then. He's feeling himself. That's a huge thing to carry into the octagon. The other thing, tough stylistic matchup for Sugar Sean. Aljamain Sterling, they call him the human backpack because he's really good at taking you down. He's really good at taking your back, hanging on, going for submissions, making you carry his weight. Uh, So Sean O'Malley really needs to keep this fight standing tomorrow. I'm not surprised that he's a huge underdog. I also think that there are very several very realistic scenarios uh, where he gets the win, but it's going to be really difficult for him to stay on his feet, and he needs to do that. be fun. Can't wait to watch it tomorrow night. Here is the list. There's only 16 fighters ever that have won nine fights or more uh, in UFC history. Israel Adesanya has, uh, Valentin Svenko has, Arnold Allen, Charles Oliveria, uh, Ismail Makachev, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Tony Ferguson, Amanda Nunez, Max Holloway, Khabib, Demetrius Johnson, John Bones Jones, George St. Pierre, Kamaro Usman, and the longest uh, win streak in UFC history, Anderson Silva. 16 in a row. Usman, by the way, won 15. St. Pierre, John Jones, and uh, Demetrius Johnson and Khabib all won 13 in a row, but uh, certainly rare, rare. 
Thanks so much for kicking with us today and all week. For Andrew Houghton, uh, I am Coulter Nuadas. Hopefully you have awesome plans for the weekend. We can't wait to see you soon. It'll be high school game week next week, and then college football starts in two weeks from tomorrow. I uh, can't wait for it. If I see you out at the amp tonight, come say hi. Looking forward to it. We'll see you next week. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.